Hello, this is Brian from the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Before this podcast starts, I did want to let you know that this uh, episode does contain harsh language and uh, sexual material and uh, could be offensive. So, listener discretion is advised. Thank you. You are listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, show number seven. With me tonight are Yahoo number one, Ian. Oh, I could be number one. Yeah! You're Yahoo number, number one. one. Baby. And ruffian number one, Mac. I could live with being a ruffian. I have the Yahoo's and the ruffians. thing one and thing two, though. That's right. I have the Yahoo's and the ruffians tonight. And uh, we're going to do a show about woo or pseudoscience. Woo. Which do you prefer, woo or pseudoscience? Eh, I actually prefer the term pseudoscience. Pseudo pseudoscience seems more precise to me. I think so it, too. Woo is a woo is a derogatory. Well, it's derogatory, and it's also um, it's it's jargon. And pseudoscience is not jargon. Pseudoscience is very clear on saying it's something that is not science. So we're going to talk about some pseudosciences this evening. We're going to. Uh we're going to talk about some ghost hunting. Uh, James Randi, Michael Spector have got some wonderful TED videos out that are available for us. Uh, we have some updates on a uh, on a faith healer that we talked um, talked about earlier, um, an incident. Um, we're going to talk about Muslims and Mohammed and, uh, and hope that we don't get bombed. And we're also going to talk about phone sex. But before we uh, do— I think you're the only one of us in danger of getting bombed tonight, Brian. Oh, okay. am I? You're drinking Mike's Hard Lemonade. So. No, no, I'm not. I'm now I'm drinking a a, a wonderful uh, a beer. It's a Buffalo Gold from Boulder Brewery. Ding. But before we do any of that, um, a podcast that I listened to is particularly when I was looking for information on logical fallacies and uh, and just you know generally when I was um, you know starting uh, listening to skeptics podcasts. One of the ones that I started listening to was uh, Hunting Humbug 101. And this uh, podcast is uh, Theo and Jeff, and uh, and Jeff is Theo's father. And uh, so I just wanted to send my condolences out to uh, to Theo. His uh, father has um, has passed away. Uh, I'm pretty sure he said he died of cancer. So the uh, skeptics community has lost uh, uh, one of its uh, I don't know, champions. Champions. There you go. So so just wanted to to acknowledge that. So moving on, Ian. Psychics uh, getting their heads chopped off? Yeah, this is one of those um, stories that I'm very conflicted about because of the nature of what's going on. Apparently, it, why is it not opening? Uh, there we go, come on. So apparently um, over in, you know, more of this fun stuff, but um, in Saudi Arabia, apparently they still have witchcraft laws in effect. And so they went and arrested this um, Lebanese psychic. And basically, um, they were talking about beheading him as a possible punishment. Now, you know, I, I guess they've stopped it, but still, I, I just love the idea of, you know, not agreeing with either side in this. You know, you, you have the, the one side, the TV psychic, who honestly, I'd love to see these guys, you know, taken down a notch or two. But then you have the other side that their justification for it was, oh, well, you know, we have laws against witchcraft and black magic. You know, we're 500 years out of date in our judicial system. 
Well, and so that's why we can justify yeah. getting you. Well, and, they're, and, they're, well, they're, and they were gonna. So there is going to be a trial, and they're counting on their judicial system to you know to handle this fairly. But here's the thing: I'm not conflicted on this at all. I am totally on the side of the psychic because mm-hmm. they have every right to do what they do. You know, we don't like it, and yes, I'd like to see him taken down a notch, but I'd like to see him taken down a notch by rationalism and science. Right. Not, That's the thing. Okay, you know. but, but this, I'm totally against this. There is no reason for that for that person's head to be chopped off. Oh, yeah. So, in other words, they're, they're planning on, the initial plan was to execute him for magical practices due to magical thinking. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, well and, I said, and you know, see, get 500 years out of date. He is from Lebanon. And there are no laws against this in Lebanon. In Lebanon, Le- Lebanon. <laughs> Truth. So it looks like this got a little political here. Well, probably. Uh, they they probably would have con- they probably would have proceeded with his sentence to death had it not been a had it not been a state matter. Is what it looks like. It looks like uh, it looks like state. You know, essentially ambassadors got involved. Yeah, you know. There was it was it Sudan where it was a like a couple of years ago where these people claimed that their neighbor was doing witchcraft and they you know they were sentenced or was that or was that somewhere else I mean I think there's a few I, places well, left. There's been stories about that still popping up from the Middle East like crazy right. and that's what's sad is that they still have this culture that you know is really doing the witch hunting stuff that. We keep hoping to see this world grow out of. I don't know if those those laws were ever repealed on our books or on England's books either, though. Well, the, I you know that's a good question. You know, not could... not across the U.S. Definitely, there's still there's still witchcraft. We're still witchcraft laws on the books, although I can't say right offhand where. But I know there are still witchcraft laws on the books that I've seen. You know, there's still. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of laws that never get taken off the books. I mean, it still says that you have to have a in Denver. You have to have a horse trough. Full of water in front of your business. I don't see anybody doing that. So yeah, so there is a lot of these old laws, but they would be crazy to try to enforce any of them. Where so in other still, words, Brian, your a, boss hasn't been fined on a horse trough wrap. No, uh, we have not. But we're not in Denver either. Oh, we'll see. That's yeah. how you got. That's and yet, how you there's got still countries, that. still countries out there enforcing those absurd laws. Yeah. And like I said, in this case, it doesn't sound like the guy was necessarily practicing that in Saudi Arabia. He was practicing that back home, and he was just on a pilgrimage through Saudi Arabia, and they picked him up. You know what? What's scarier about this to me is the fact that more and more societies, as we become more rational, realize that there's no reason for these laws. But there's somewhere where they there they still believe in magic enough as a society that they still feel like they you know that they need to enact these sorts of laws. That's what's scary. Right. Here's my concern. And I think this is a valid one. He's a psychic, right? So why didn't he sense that this was coming and avoid the trip? Yeah, why didn't he see it coming? <laughs> wait, wait, I'm not getting on the plane. Wait, you know, Sylvia Brown canceled her canceled her plane tickets to Sudan, didn't she? <laughs> was it a Sudan or was it a station wagon? I have no idea. <laughs> no, that's going to be Well, we should ridiculous. send her a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get everyone to chip in and send her a ticket. No, no, no. See, because here, here once again, you know, I this is not the way I want her you know, to be taken down. Let's do it through rationalism. I read a fascinating book that actually detailed how the kingdom of Saudi Arabia was formed in the early 1900s out of essentially just uh, disunited desert tribes. Uh, the book was called Gertrude Bell, Queen of the Desert, and talked about all the power brokering and all the deals that were done 
amongst Britain and France and Turkey and all the other countries in the area that had an interest there and talking about the formation of the Arab nations. And it kind of, it's a very young country. Saudi Arabia is an extremely young country. It's less, it's, it's only about 100 years old as a nation. Oh. But, well, after he beats you know, this, the same, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, finish. I was just gonna, I was just going to say that uh, they've been around for thousands of years as a culture, but as a nation, they were formed essentially after World War One. Sure. All right. Well, so as soon as he beats his rap, I would suggest that he heads straight for Buffalo County so that he can do <laughs> ghost hunting lessons. What do you think? Yeah. I'm not too surprised to see this kind of thing because um, it, with uh, Ghost Hunter and stuff, you know, all the reality TV shows that are getting into it, um, it it's a, an obvious step that you know someone's going to say, hey, I can make money off of it. But it's it just one of those things where you're like, oh. See, but I, you know, I, like, the, I, I don't know. I, okay, so hmm. what, they're, what they're doing here is Buffalo County Historical Society – um, has partnered with Midwest Paranormal Investigations to offer ghost hunting investigations, which is fine. You know, there's no problem. I mean, we, we, these things should be investigated. What I don't like is the very first line of the article. People who believe in ghosts will have the chance to learn to hunt for them. This is my problem right here, is that only people who, who believe in them should go looking for them. I mean, but here's the thing. Is oh, that- I'd Sounds like confirmation bias on the way to me. Well, exactly, it's confirmation. Yeah, I'd like to take. The, I, I'd like to, you know. But yeah, here's the thing: what, what are they teaching? teaching them. Exactly, that's the question. You know, are they just teaching them things that confirm the bias, or are they teaching them actual scientific method and how to actually go and investigate these things? I doubt that they're that they're doing that. I think it's just going to be confirmation bias the whole class. Yeah, that's the thing. So that's what concerns me about this. Not that they're teaching people to hunt ghosts, because I think that that's a good thing. I, I said, it, yeah, it doesn't surprise one bit that they're doing. I, I bet we'll be seeing that kind of thing more often because, like I said, there's money to be made in it. These people know it. It's going to be a fad, you know, with, with all those reality shows out there, and they're becoming more and more popular. It seems, you know, it's going to be something to say. Hey, yeah, me and my um, family went and we took ghost hunting classes, and now we know how to hunt for your ghosts. Right. See, and that's the problem. Oh. So. Brian, you and I knew a couple of card-carrying ghost hunters a while back. Yes, we did. Yeah. And I don't know. My perspective on this, both as you know, somebody who is a bow hunter and also as somebody who watches the TV show Supernatural, I know enough about killing ghosts at this point from watching Supernatural that I think that the hunting part is probably not a problem. The skinning and cooking them, though, might be tricky. Well, you know, if you are going to go out and kill these things, you should eat them, too. Well, I know they have yeah, much flavor. Weather, but, you know, you eat one ghost and half an hour later you're hungry again. I don't even think it'd take half an hour. Would you go hunting for the Holy Ghost? That's a tricky one. Uh, that'd, be, that, that'd be your prize trophy. <laughs> or would he just be a Holy Ghost after you hunt it? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they spiral away into nowhere. Uh, we're all going to hell and you're all coming with us that's right and but you know speaking of the holy ghost let's go on over to italy and talk about pedophilia can we yes we can so this can this continues to go on the in fact i think it i think it's growing you know the, uh, it's coming out just how much the catholic church has 
covered up these pedophilia incidences. And it's even worse, it looks like, in Italy, um, where the government hasn't gotten involved in any of this stuff. They, they've let the Catholic Church well, kind of do their own thing. It's fairly well known that the Vatican has a huge pull on the Italian government. So okay. that's not too surprising. Right. So as they as this goes on, more and more people are, are coming forward, you know, about you know that have been um, molested by these priests. The, uh, th- this is this is disgusting, you know, that the Catholic Church would let this go on. And but you know we understand why after reading the God virus, you know, because they've already infected these people and they're being used to propagate the virus, and it's expensive to re you know to to reinfect. Yeah. And this is, you know, so they they're actually out, you know, they're they're protecting their own and covering this stuff up, but at the expense of, you know, the the people that they're supposed to be teaching morals to. All right. Well, it's, it's, a, it's you a, do as I say, don't do as I do, kind of mentality. Yep. Well, it's probably been done to these priests though as well. Well, and that you know that's it's an probably something point. that happened to them in the first place. So, and probably at the hands of their parish priest. But so, not um, only well, is this coming out it, and looking bad for the church, it also kind of looks bad for does. the Italian government, who who didn't get involved in some of these. Yeah, yeah. that sounded like a ghostly horse galloping past. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, I was going to say this is this is a sad situation though because what what really is causing this is this is an attempt. This is an attempt to. The the celibacy rule among priests is an attempt to sublimate a natural impulse that human beings feel. And if you sublimate right. that kind of an impulse, it's going to come out in strange and unhealthy ways. Like phone sex? Oh, yeah. Like phone sex. Well, we'll be getting into that yeah, later. Okay, we'll get to that later. <laughs> it's just interesting that there's a certain parallel between those two. Oh, yeah. I spotted well, yeah, it right off. You know, like, like Mac was saying, you know, you repress those natural desires that are going to overwhelm a person. It's not going to be healthy for you in any way. And the, the control that the church tries to exert comes back to haunt it. Right. This society we live in here in America comes from such sexually repressive roots that our our sexuality springs out in strange and very fetishistic ways in a lot of places. I think we've probably got more fetishes in the United States than anywhere else in the world, and proud of it. Yes, God but... bless every fetish. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, so the, hopefully you know I I'd like to see. I mean, the, it all leads back to the Pope. I mean, he's come out and he's been very, you know, sympathetic. Right, but here's the thing: is that there's a lot of you know this is evidence that's coming out that points right to him as being one of the people who covered this stuff up. And so you know when it's happening, you know when 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 the Pope <laughs> is propagating yeah, this. This stuff's been as far, long as I can remember. This stuff's been coming out. That's true. And it's just starting to build up more and more now. And a lot of it has to do with a theory I've had, and I've talked to my grandparents about this, and they've helped me confirm it. You know, 50 years ago, no one would come out and say this happened to them. You know, if this happened to you, you pretend it didn't, you push it in the closet, and you go on no matter what. But our, our society has changed so much in the last 50 years. This happens, you don't deny it. You come out, you say it, you confront the people, you make it loud, you make, you know, because the victims are no longer treated as bad as they were. You know, we, we actually do say they are the victims, let's help them, instead of looking at them, you know, as if they were some sort of plague. Sure. And, you know, the Enough. families no longer try to help cover it up. The, the, it's happening... 
I, I, hopefully this stuff is happening less, and I think with how much people are coming out about it, it will happen less and less because these guys aren't going to get it with it. But you have so much because you look, a lot of this stuff goes back, you know, 30, 40 years of sure. people not coming out and saying anything. And so that, that's one of the reasons why you're going to get this flood right now is a few people started to come out, and once that opened the gates, all these other people are like, you know what? I don't have to feel bad for having gone through this. I can come out now and I can only say, hey, look, I was a victim. I, I don't want this to happen to anyone else. Let's try and stop it. You know, the other problem, though, when I look at this stuff, as I'm coming up from the point of view, was that I, I have never been molested and I've never been Catholic. So so, it's, I, it's, so I, I don't have as good a perspective on this as maybe some of these – as a Catholic might. Another, another factor I was going to mention on this, it's not just the fact that the stigma – no pun intended, considering we're talking about Catholicism, but the stigma of being a molestation victim has lessened. It's also the fact that we live in an instant communication society now. You know, time was you wanted to speak to somebody in Ireland, you got on a ship and went there. Right now, if we wanted to talk to somebody in Ireland and Italy, log on to Yahoo Messenger and find a random person. Well, that's true. Okay. Um, anybody with a good cell phone can become a reporter. And cell phone videos show up on the news every day now. We, we live in a society where information cannot be hidden anymore. And so this that was in the dark, it's now been dragged out into light. It's not something new, but it's something that is shocking because it's been pulled out there. Sure. And but, it's terrible. Yeah. It's not, you know, not going to become any less terrible the more we know about it, but... Now it's out in the open, and now is the time to do something about it. So, but if you were going to hop on, the problem onto is that the Catholic Church is still still back in the in the mindset that says, "Okay, hide it, hide it, and nobody will find out." So, if you were going to hop on something and to talk to somebody in Italy, would you use chat roulette? I don't know. Well, wouldn't you? Which body part would you expose? I truly do not know. All right. <laughs> I don't think that quite worked as well as you were hoping. I didn't. You know, it would have worked if I had hit it right at the time, you know, but nope, fell flat. Okay. All right. So have you guys seen uh, anything at these TED conferences? Have you seen some of these videos? Well, yeah. I didn't get a chance. Well, the amazing James Randi went and spoke at TED. And it, Ian and I both put this in here. This is – um. The, what did you think of the uh, of the video? Very well done. You yeah. know, he, he, well, the, the interesting thing is he covered like a whole bunch of stuff we've talked about, which was perfect. You know, the um, what did he all cover? Well, he, I I like what he came out with. You know, he he comes out and you know he's the first thing he does is you know he uh, well he he eats the sleeping Takes pills. The pills. Yeah, he he does yeah. the sleeping pills. But and which you know he like he said he's been doing that stunt forever. You know, I've seen that one. But yeah. what I thought was the glasses. You all think that I that I can see you. Oh yeah, that was so well done. Yeah, yeah. wasn't that? He, he pulls the glasses off and he puts his fingers through them. Yeah, he he wasn't wearing he you know he wasn't wasn't wearing glasses. All that just to you know to prove to the audience that they can be fooled. Right. So he you know that's how he starts it. He starts out letting you know showing that anybody can be fooled. And then he goes on to you know just to talk about this stuff that I mean the stuff that he usually does, but I mean he's such a performer. That he, oh, really, yeah. you know, and it really comes through when he's up there on stage going through all this stuff. Um, and, and he knew how to make it all flow. Right, you know, exactly. He, he saying, it's, it's not like us here. You know, we're amateurs. We admit it, you know. Oh, yeah. We're not quite as good at making it all flow and making it all connected as he was. But Right, and he's so well-researched. And 
he so he goes through and he talks about his usual claims. He talks about faith healing and homeopathy and uh, I, I just thought he did a really good job going through talking about well you know doing he does his Sylvia Brown impression. Hello. And he got into <laughs> he got into the harm that people like Sylvia Brown do. Right. Which you know, he, he talked yeah. about that, which was definitely you know worth listening to. You know, it, it's not just oh they you know they're trying to help you by they're not doing any any harm to these people. No, they are doing harm. <laughs> what they're doing is not healthy. It, it doesn't help the people. It does screw them up. It, it, it costs them money. It costs you know it, there's an emotional link to it. You know, it, it's not just for fun. It's not just harm. Yeah, but I thought, but that's what I liked about it is the way he set all this stuff up, talking about it and talking about it in kind of a humorous way, you know. And then he says, "But you know, what are the damages being done?" And then he's he's good about going through, you know, and kind of saying, even though we're laughing about these things, these are the these are the you know the the harm that's being done to these people, you know, talking about loss of money. Um, you know, these people that, you know, go to these psychics and end up giving them their fortune or faith healers, especially giving them their fortune and losing everything, you know, that there's no inheritance left because mom spends it on a faith healer. Right. As we talked about with the Sylvia Brown thing in our first show, the family that paid her a huge sum of money to have her tell them their daughter was alive. And then they discovered that their daughter had been dead for a long time. Right. Uh, here's my concern about the the fact that he took a fatal dose of homeopathic sleeping pills. It didn't actually kill him, but does this allow people who are strong believers in homeopathy to believe that he's dead? I don't know, but I knew a guy who died um, of uh, from homeopathy. He forgot to take his medicine. <laughs> Did you use that one already on the? Are you kidding? James Randy? That, that's James Randy's joke. He used it in this. All right, so what have you got next for us? The next one was another TED video that I watched this week. Um, Michael Spector, and uh, he wrote the book Denialism. and he's, Ties in nicely with ghost hunting, too. Absolutely, and he goes in and talks about Michael Spector. the damage that's being done by these people who are denying the science. Um, and so Michael Spector, um, he did an excellent presentation, too. He um, He's not quite the performer that James yeah. Randi is, perhaps, but um, he certainly knows his science facts, and he's good at delivering them. And yeah, he seemed a little more technical. A lot more technical. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but but he, he talked about um, – the, 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 what can we call it? <laughs> okay, I'm awake. I really am? The immunity shots. Yeah, oh, yeah, he talked about um, – oh, God. I cannot think Vaccination. of Vaccination. Vaccination. Yeah. Immunizations. Yeah, yeah. immunizations. He, and, or and, vaccinations. You know, right. And the fact that, you know, th- there are still countries out there that aren't doing them and they are still having, you know, a, a high number of deaths from the stuff that we don't even realize is happening. Well, he goes into because more it, than just that. I mean, he's talking about these places that aren't vaccinated, but he's going back. He's talking about how vaccination rates, even in this country, are declining. Um, and we're right. seeing stuff, you know, we're seeing polio start to come back. And the, one of the things that he that I thought was really interesting is, you know, he talked about these people who aren't vaccinating, and and you aren't if you aren't vaccinating against polio. And he talks about, you know, somebody else, um, you know, somewhere in the world where they have polio, taking a plane trip and coming to, you know, your town, and you don't realize that, you know, he doesn't know he has polio, and you don't, you know, and you don't know he has polio, and you right. haven't been vaccinated, and now you're infected with polio by coming in contact with this person. And it's now from denialism. Active in the I, right. From denialism, I loved his uh, his description of herd immunity and how people who are not vaccinated lessen the immunity of all of us because they can become they can become infected with things that other people are not 
necessarily going to be susceptible to. Right. And thereby carry on the viruses. Yeah. And the and he also talks about the other problem that, you know, nobody you, we don't see cholera. We don't see any of these diseases that we're being vaccinated against. So it's easy to go, I don't need that. Right. Because we don't see the harm that happened from these initially. You know, I had a vaccination myself just a couple of months ago. I had a vaccination against uh, diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily see pertussis. I don't necessarily see diphtheria. But darn it, I know that I'm immune to rusted metal now. <laughs> and I feel good about that. So you can go back to eating nails? Yep. Yeah, nice. Because i got to get my iron, iron somehow. <laughs> so Michael Spector's video, excellent as well. So a while back, we talked about um, some parents who uh, were a member of the um, – oh, what church is this? Followers of the Christian church. Okay. Who, this is not uh, – just to just to verify, just to clarify, this is not the one where they starved the child to death. No. No. This no. is a faith healing gone wrong, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, this is right. – yeah, this is – and they were sentenced to 16 months in jail. And uh, but the DA had pledged that he would reach out to the members of this church. So right, Ian, and basically, um, a letter was sent to all the members, and it was he, now you know the DA even said he can't actually force them to do anything legally. You know, there's the, the legal grounds that he can't actually say, "Hey, listen, you can't be practicing faith and stuff." But what he did is he sent it out and basically was pleading with them, saying, "Listen, try and work with us to take care of your children." You know, we don't we don't want to say your faith is wrong, but at the same time, we don't want to see your kids die. So if you you know work with us, you know we'll make sure your kids get taken care of. And you know the general idea behind the letters that were sent out, you know, is hopefully it will wake some of these people up. And it's kind of scary that there's such a large group still in America that doesn't seem to care. You know, but, you know, is is it not caring, or they do they just are they just blinded by their faith? I don't think that they don't care. I think that they just believe that God will make things right. But, you know, it's the old it's the old saw about the man in the flood. He's up on the roof of his house and the rowboat comes by and or no, the helicopter comes by first and they offer him a ride and he says, Nope, God will save me. Then the motorboat comes by and they offer him a ride and he says, God will save me. Then the rowboat comes by and the guy says, you know, you better get off your roof. And the guy says, God will save me. He gets to heaven and God says, what, the helicopter wasn't good enough? What about the motorboat? What about the rowboat? How many chances do you need? Yeah. Actually, here's a question that was asked in the letters. This, I think, is actually, you know, a great way to phrase it. Is there an opportunity for us to agree under what circumstances parents should take the children to a doctor or hospital for appropriate medical care? So he's saying he wants to open the dialogue and figure out where, the, 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 you know, there has to be limits. And they need to work with um, the um, hospitals to figure out where those limits are in order to take care of their kids as well as possible. And, and see, that's know, to me, good. this was... Yes, and and that's I, I I I'd love to see more of this stuff going on. I'd love to see more of our elective officials looking at it saying, "Hey, you know, I, I I can't tell them what to, but if if I come out saying I want to work with them to ensure their kids are taken care of, I I want to work with them to find out to to not stomp on their religion beliefs, but to make sure that we're not letting their kids suffer. You know, the, the, you know that's the kind of level we yeah. need to be at. The the tone of the article was think, the tone of the article wasn't threatening. 
and it was very sympathetic. Right. And in like you say, he was trying to open a dialogue. I I, I really I mean at least the portions that that they uh, that they quoted in here, I really appreciated and thought that. Uh, you know he he did a good job of reaching out to them. My my fear is that it's falling on deaf ears. Right, that, that's yeah. what's scary. Hopefully, a few at least will listen to it and change their ways enough, and maybe start a movement. And get you know, because that, that's the other thing. Once you can get a few people start following, and um, enough people start seeing the logic in that, it makes it easier for more and more to start jumping ship. And saying, hey, yeah, we, we don't need to necessarily be this strict about our beliefs. But here's the thing is that if he didn't do this and they sent those people away, then those people become martyrs as well. You know, instead right. of seeing that, you know, if you if you let your kids die and you do not take care of them properly, you know, we're going to send you to jail. You know, that that that's not what they're seeing. What they're seeing is that, you know, these people are infringing on my faith to do what I think is right. And, and, and we're being persecuted for our beliefs. And that's right. what we don't want, you know, because we don't want to persecute these people for their beliefs. But something has to be done. So it's a fine line. Yeah, no doubt. And so I think that I think he did a good job with his letter of walking that line. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, like I say, it'll it'll be heard. I'm I'm, I'm not optimistic. Right. That's you know, like I said, that's a scary thing. He's saying 415 families belong to this church. Right. That's a lot. Yeah. And you know, it's scary to think how many potential deaths there are. If those kids get sick, especially since if they're not going to the hospital anymore, we're just talking about vaccinations and stuff. Are these kids vaccinated? You know, if no, absolutely not vaccinated. You know, if chickenpox hits, how many of these kids are going to be severely infected by chickenpox, and you know, more, more than likely die because once more they're going to get chickenpox. The parents are going to say, "Oh, well, we don't need to take them to the doctor and hospital. We'll just pray, and that will swipe, go through the whole the whole community." Chickenpox doesn't you know, scare me. Whooping cough does. Yeah, but you know? still, it, well, anything. Like I said, chickenpox, if they're not treated right, if they're not going to the doctor's hospital, that's going to be even more severe. So anything that, that our kids are vaccinated against, it hits a, a society like this. You have 415 families with no vaccinations going on. You could potentially wipe out that whole church. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm, so yeah. there's I, definitely a level where well, these people need to have enough common sense to figure out when it is appropriate to go and see a doctor. I think you need to tell me when it's appropriate for South Park to talk about Muhammad. <laughs> Always. Anytime. Anytime. Always. Well, so Anytime. why is this they, they a problem? They need to talk about more and louder. <laughs> so why is this a problem? Let me just throw in a... What's going on Let here? me just throw in a last shot on the, uh, on the faith healing situation, though. Okay. If God doesn't save him, Darwin will get him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Now, hopefully, all our listeners have been aware of the South Park issue that you know popped up this last week. Brilliant episodes. These are two of the most brilliant episodes of South Park ever. Episode two hundred and two hundred and one. They are perfect, except for the fact that episode two hundred and one was pointlessly um, censored. And I do mean pointlessly. It was messed up at how censored they got to this because any mention of Mohammed got bleeped out. They, uh, Muhammad himself was a big black bar with censored on it. And then the auto-censoring that happened, and this sounds more like Comedy Central didn't want to hear the spiel that more or less was telling Comedy Central it was stupid to edit it this way. Because apparently the la- um, near the end of the show, quite often they have the boys and some other characters give a little, oh, the lesson we learned today, blah, blah, blah. 
Well, that was bleeped out. 30 seconds straight of bleeping out what was being said between one of the boys, Santa, and Jesus. And it was, what I understand, it was actually more or less a message of being tolerant, being understanding, stuff like that. And for some reason, Comedy Central decided to bleep that out. And I think most of that was they didn't want to hear it because it was kind of preaching against what they were doing here. But in the episode... You have Jesus Christ looking at internet porn. You have Buddha <laughs> sniffing cocaine. Yeah. Those don't get edited out. No. That's fine. But you can't show Muhammad. You can't say his name now. Oh, that's too offensive. Okay, like, here's, here's the thing. Uh, was this not just done to show the irrational nature of this? I mean, yes. This, I mean, who censored this? <laughs> that was the this? whole point of doing it. No, but who censored it? Was it Comedy Central or did Trey Parker and it Matt Stone? Central. No, it, it, um, it, they've made it quite clear that Comedy Central censored it. That's, that's one of the heated things right now is because the, the creator of South Park sent them – the episode, and this is the first time Counter Central has gone through and done anything like that. Norm- normally, Matt and Trey apparently do the, the censoring themselves. They, they get with Counter Central and they figure out what they need to censor. But this time, listeners, Counter Central decided because what? as I was as I was watching this, I just thought I I actually thought this censoring was hilarious, and I and I actually thought that maybe it was purposely done that way just to show how how irrational this was to begin with. No, that, that, the rationality all came from Comedy Central. Okay. And the interesting thing is when they beat Muhammad, you heard the M beforehand, right? Right. So you had M, mm, then the bleep. I didn't, for one moment, did I think of Muhammad. Not once did I ever think of Muhammad when we were saying that because you never think of Muhammad being bleeped. Let's see. An M phrase that gets bleeped. Huh, motherfucker? <laughs> and I honestly, I'm, that. I'm like, they're looking at Muhammad, and they're getting bleeped after, you know, and just hear the M sound, I'm picturing motherfucker in my head. I'm sitting here like, wait a minute, they're calling Muhammad a motherfucker? Right, Isn't the, that a bit more offensive? The gingers are looking for the motherfucker? <laughs> in my mind, that's exactly what they kept saying to him over and over again. And I kept thinking, okay, that has to be more offensive because of what's being implied. Okay. This is another one of those you know? cases like That's the uh, like the Scientology thing where somebody reacts to something that Parker and Stone have done and makes it even more funny and makes himself look even more silly by reacting to it. Well, that's what I. That's how I. I that's mean, they are, they came are parodists. Don't you think? That, uh, yeah. For no, listeners, for listeners of the Amateur Skeptics podcast, however, we will be going through and censoring out any reference <laughs> to Muhammad in the post work. Like hell, let him bring it on. But we'll leave him motherfucker because... Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll censor Mohammed, but we'll leave motherfucker. In fact, we'll go through every time I, I, we said Mohammed, we'll change it to motherfucker. Uh, except I think you spell that word with a hyphen. I may not put this one on iTunes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of censoring... <laughs> oh. <laughs> We'll have to put a warning ahead of time. You know. oh, yeah, man. we're using foul language this time, unapologetically. I don't know. I, I always mark these things as uh, um, adult and as controversial. A, as adult, yeah. But here's the thing: is I, I really don't know. You know what? What I can get through on iTunes. You know, you you know, Apple is so. I mean, so talking about you know censoring, we could get yanked off of. Uh, of course, that might be to our credit. We could get yanked off of uh, <laughs> iTunes, and they might not even tell you why. You know. <laughs> oh, that's be funny. See if that happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll push it through. We'll see if somebody complains. 
And speaking of yanked off, well, no, we're not to the telephone sex party. Oh, no, yeah. We're still getting to yanking no. off. And, yeah, we'll, we'll get to yanking off. Put no, it back I, in your – it'll be interesting to see how the South Park thing comes out because one thing I've noticed online is there actually seems to be a consensus of the majority saying, you know, the, 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 these guys had done probably the two most brilliant episodes ever. And the major point, I can't find it. liberal, conservative, you name it, you know, whatever side they're from seems to agree with them on this. They're saying, yeah, you guys had the right message this time. And the, the, the few Muslim extremist groups that are making a big deal out of it are not looking good. I, I saw one article written by a Muslim woman herself saying that um, she's hoping this will um, get the quiet majority of Muslims active because they'll look at it and say, God, we look like idiots thanks to this. <laughs> I, I don't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> I don't so, know. you know, the, the, could South, could this these two episodes of South Park actually bring this whole issue to a level that will truly change it? Do, were were no, you I, agreeing I, with me it, about the censoring it, actually making it even even more more absurd and proving their point even more? Yeah. Okay. That's the thing. That, that, that's what I really loved was when Comedy Central did that. You're like, wow, you guys are giving in. That, <laughs> you did, did, watch the episode and try and get the message, people. <laughs> so you know, it, it was just so perfect, the, the whole thing on this. And it, it's getting enough attention that I, I think it will have some ramifications. I, I think it will be in the news for a while now because – it's the kind of thing that gets hard to ignore, and it was done so perfectly that yeah. you know, so brilliantly, so full of you know, insight to the whole issue. You know, for a cartoon show to do that, and it, it, it's going to be something you won't be able to forget because you know, it, it, it's very relevant to what's going on right now. I think I got the message, and the message was: yeah. gingers are frightening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my Jehovah's Witness can beat up your priest. That's a bumper uh, well, sticker in the making. Is that them. a bumper sticker in the making? <laughs> but that's only if they're getting up so. on them. That's only if they're getting up on them. So he, I, yeah. I, I've, I've gone through, I've read several different articles on this one. This one's funny. Apparently, these Jehovah's Witnesses were, were coming into this um, this priest's uh, church. This Catholic priest church, and I guess they, I, on I Easter know. Sunday during Mass. Yeah, it sounds like they were being a little bit disruptive. But what's funny is it, it apparently came to blows, and they're not sure who struck first. Both sides are claiming the other one. Apparently, that there's witnesses. I don't know if the witness is a witness, but there's a witness. Fair enough. But both sides are claiming God was on their side. Yes, both sides are claiming God. You know, this 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 gets back to just how ridiculous both. Um, you know, yeah. whoever's got the, the right message, you know, apparently is is more right than everybody else. Um, you know, then and they they, they can don't take, have to have fist fights over it. Well, and what it, you know, in this case, it looks like the Jehovah's Witnesses were actually baiting the priest, and it looks like the priest may have taken the bait. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, so the Jehovah's wait a Witnesses were good at what they were doing. They right. were master baiters. Hey, we have, we're, we're getting to the phone sex stuff. Knock it off. You keep trying to get to that story. Yeah, just stop jumping ahead. Get there. Man, put it back in your pants, what? man. So, so does Make that mean that um, this is like, you know, you know how over in Israel we have the Jews and the Muslims fighting? Is, is this how it's going to be in the U.S. now, the Jehovah's Witnesses versus the Catholics? I hope not. I hope that we can just get the one final showdown. Let's put them all in the rink and let them go. And one Bowie nut. And I'd one Bowie nut. I'd, I'd actually, I'd put that on YouTube. And what God wants, he keeps. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, so this, so this was funny, and it was funny because I was reading a blog about this, and one of the interviews was talking about how it couldn't have been the Jehovah's Witness that uh, that struck first because they're so peaceful, and it may have been tongue in cheek, but it was pretty funny nonetheless. What they do when they come to the doors, and apparently when they come to this guy's church, is called proselytization, and it's it's a it's a, a it's an aggressive act by anybody's standards. They're basically trying to get to gain entry into your residence or into in this case a public place in order to destroy your faith and replace it with their own. Yeah, one of the ones in anthropological that... terms that's called acculturation and it's considered to be it's considered to be bad form at the very least. Yeah, the, and this is kind of scary. The, so I, I'm trying to figure out what the contest is. Jehovah's Witness uh, occurred fa- accused Father John Perel, Perelny, Perelny, the priest Parnell. Parnell knocking on the door. However, the so I can't tell. Okay, so so the priest came in and was yelling they, at the they Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, and uh, they told his daughter that she was going to burn. You're going to burn fires of eternal hell if you don't listen to what I say. <laughs> and so he got upset and came out, and it, it, to me, it sounds like he punched them first. But, yeah, and he, he's claiming they. It sounds like the priest uh, threw okay. the first blow. Yeah. But then apparently they're saying well, he, he may hold on, hold on. He may have been without sin, in which case it's okay for him to throw the first stone. Oh, let he who is without sin throw the first stone. Well, then why didn't he throw stones? But he who is without sin throw the first haymaker. Okay, okay. <laughs> I like it. It works for me. It works for this you. Is a concept I can get behind. I, I I note the last sentence of the article is that the uh, the writer of the article was unable to contact the Jehovah's Witnesses involved in the incident. Un- unable or unwilling? Just a thought. You know, if they if this gets bad enough, just remember that the Jehovah's Witnesses can't get blood transfusions and the Catholics can't. <laughs> so what? So, so Catholics will probably win out. They're probably going to win this one. They can come I saw, back. <laughs> I saw a cartoon referring to the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and blood transfusions. I saw a cartoon, two characters, one is asking the other one, what's it like to be gay and Catholic? And the other character says, it's not as bad as trying to be Jehovah's Witness and a vampire. Oh. <laughs> Are we ready to talk about phone anyway. sex? Anyway. Are we nah, ready to talk about phone I don't sex? Think it, I think we. I don't been... think anyone in this group is interested in that topic whatsoever. No, all right. No, I don't think anyone who's interested in it. Okay, all right. You know, because I was just, I was, you know, as I was looking for the story about, you know, the the Jehovah's Witnesses, I came across Watchtower.org. This is a really good site, and uh, um, my my favorite part on here was, you know, I saw a little thing, you know, phone sex. So what's wrong with phone sex? I thought, okay, yeah. before we start this section, oh, okay. since we are, you know, we are having this conversation over the phone. What are you wearing? We're podcasting. I'm naked. What do you think? <laughs> you podcast in the nude. That's one of the rules, right? Okay, on with the article. Wait, 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 wait. Go back. You mean wait, I'm wait, not wait. Supposed to wear my formal dress? It's all pink and flowery. With ruffles? You want me to take my dress off? Yes, lots of ruffles. I- I'm pretty sure that you're you're supposed to podcast <sighs> naked. America and fetishes. Mm. <laughs> I am wearing my cock ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is why we need a, a female uh, the on the show. The ring he's referring to, to is, a, <laughs> is a ring that is made out of rooster skin. They call it a Prince Albert. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. 
So what's wrong with phone sex? Clearly, this is an article falling upon deaf ears. Is it not? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it starts out okay. I mean, there, there's, some, there, there's some legitimate points in here um, that it, it, you can't transfer HIV while having phone sex. I thought that that was a good point. Yeah. Um, basically, I was cherry-picking it, looking for stuff that just, you know, kind of supported my angle. That's about the extent of it. The whole first part sounds good and makes sense up until they up until they ask the question: Is telephone sex harmless? Then it gets really annoying. Okay, so so basically, what they're saying: phone sex is you know basically where couples talk to each other erotically and they get off and they masturbate. Is that is that good enough? Yep. So the article goes through. Yeah. So the article goes through talking about. I mean, and and they they aren't even. I don't know. They're not. They're basically aiming this at young people and why young people shouldn't be having phone sex. And so they go through and they, they, they describe what phone sex is and, and they talk about some people are advocating it because you can't get HIV or any sexually transmitted diseases by doing this. You can't get a woman pregnant. Right, you can't get a woman pregnant. So then they dive into um, the, the, the harm in phone sex. And they have a whole bunch of Bible references, which which I, I do have a Bible in front of me here. We could actually look up these these references as we go. I was unable to click on the links, apparently, in, like, my browser. Um, so, uh, sexual desire is especially strong during youth. The Bible calls this period when sexual desires are, at their peak, the bloom of youth. And it says Corinthians 7.36. Can any of you bring that up? Corinthians 7.36. Yeah, if you click on that link, will it come up for you? It won't come up for me. <laughs> Let me see here. I'm looking at it. Let's see. But if anyone thinks he is behaving improperly toward his virginity, if that is past the bloom of youth, and this is the way it should take place, let him do what he wants. He does not sin. Okay, so apparently it's okay, according to 1 Corinthians. If you're past the bloom of youth, you can pretty much, you've got a free pass to do anything. So yank it is what you're saying if you're past Ooh. the bloom of youth. Apparently. Okay. Actually, I like passage 39. A wife is bound during all the time her husband is alive. Oh, bound but, to what? You know, you're going to have to let her free to, to you know, do what she needs to occasionally. Don't let anybody say there's not BDSM in the Bible. There, we have proof, right? There. Corinthians 7:39. You heard it here. During this crucial time of life. The young Christian should learn to get possess is that possession of his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Okay, well, like those good Catholic Thessalonians, First Thessalonians four four four. All right, what does it say? Right, they four that each of you, each one of you, should know how to get possession of his own vessel in sanctification. It's a it's repeating what it said. It's. That what is, it is in context, okay. though, is for this is what God wills, the sanctifying of you, that you abstain from fornication. And yet you're supposed to go up, go forth, be fruitful, and multiply also. <laughs> okay. But, you know, that kind of contradicts. That seems contradictory. Is it, well, isn't that contradictory what, to what the first part of it? If you're past the bloom of youth, you know, do what you need to do. But yet this, this is well, saying – it's possible that the Thessalonians were a little more repressed than the Corinthians. After all, the Corinthians had that fine Corinthian leather. That's true. That's, oh. Okay. Ricardo Montalban told us so. That is, you must learn how to cope with and control your sexual feelings. This is crucial to having a healthy, balanced view of sex. Yeah, just like those good Coping old with um, Catholic priests we've been talking feelings. about. Yeah. 
Coping with and controlling your sexual feelings means you have to explore them, though. Well, I would think. Otherwise, all you're doing is repressing. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, okay. I would agree with that. Yep. Same here. You have, if you have those feelings, you need to understand what they mean and to explore them in order to be able to find out where they're appropriate and where they're not. Okay. Phone sex, however, teaches one Otherwise, to indulge wind up rather than walking into somebody's church, passing out pamphlets. I am reading from the Jehovah's Witnesses here. Please, a little respect. <laughs> Telephone sex, however, teaches one to indulge rather than control one's sexual impulses. Okay. But the next, I don't agree with the next line. More than that, it promotes a degrading, distorted view of the opposite sex. No. I need you to read I, I, that I more pompous, that please. From. Can you be more pompous when you read that, please? <laughs> but engaging in mutual sexual exploration, how is that degrading to either side? I couldn't figure that out myself. That that one that one is kind of bothering. It, it's mutual sexual exploitation. Both sides are on the phone doing this. Both sides are you know exploring their own sexual impulses and stuff. There's nothing to well. They to that. they and, said and that's one thing. I, go ahead. They said earlier in the article that that it was a mutual thing. Now, here it's saying that you're using others as a means for, for selfish gratification, which seems to actually contradict what the earlier statement. Okay. Right. But exploring sexuality in and of itself does not degrade anyone. And that, that's often one thing I've seen in um, these people that are so anti-anything to do with sex. They, they mention degrading. And it's only degrading if you're forced into it, if, if you yourself are being demeaned by it. If, if you're an active equal partner in the exploration, there's nothing degrading to it. I get a lot demeanor if I don't have sex. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible teaches that sexual, sexual intimacy should be enjoyed only within the framework of marriage. Hebrews 13.4. Can somebody read Hebrews 13.4, right. please? Let me pull it up. All right. I was actually considering the... Uh, I was considering... The uh, the story of King David and how he sent his best friend off to die so he could have his wife. All right. The uh, 13.4, let marriage be honorable among you and the marriage bed be without defilement. For God will judge fornicators and adulterers. God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Okay. I, I thought God judged Father, everyone. Son, Holy Ghost, straight tens, all three. Christians go back and forth on He's whether God is judgmental or not. I mean, it seems like you know he's yeah. you know he he's either you know he, is he now the loving peaceful God or is he the Old Testament vengeful God? They, they they're bipolar on this issue. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, it is a bipolar God. And uh, it would appear that way. So on the day of the Hebrews, but, he was he was being judgmental. Here is here's and my it, thought on folks. Oh, oh, a serious thought. Well, time. no, you don't get to have any thoughts yeah. right now. We're we're going through the Jehovah's Witnesses' thoughts. Yeah, uh, well, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. That's, that's right. I shouldn't have any thoughts about the Jehovah's Um, my <laughs> thought on phone sex is that it's if it's an addiction, then you've missed out on a lot. Okay, okay. He's, because he, if that's all you're doing, then you're missed out on a lot of intimacy. And yeah, he there. You know what? That's the next section. Thing. Hold on. Let, let's finish this up, and then we can talk about the addiction here. Well, let's jump down to the last couple lines. Okay, that's, that's fine. says a lot. The Bible teaches married couples to develop true intimacy by cultivating mutual love and trust. Telephone sex, however, promotes coldness and animity. See, I totally disagree. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what about Unless that telephone that sex, sex is between married couples. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I should tell you. <laughs> 
you know, if, if you if you're you know a country apart for some reason, is there harm in a married couple having phone sex? Hello. I think apparently yes. Yeah, that's what it sounds it's like. It's like missing out on anonymity. Yeah, and there's there's no. So they're probably going to have to do this over a chat client instead. <laughs> a video <laughs> chat client, <laughs> chat roulette. <laughs> So no, to me that you know, just in that first part, there's a fair amount of um, contradiction. You know, they're trying to play it both ways, and it's like loosen up, people. Yeah. Well, so the next part talks about sexual addiction, and and Max point, but you know, if if it becomes an addiction that you've kind of addiction, we we know that addiction is harmful, no matter what the addiction, yeah, but, whether it's you know, whether it's alcohol, whether it's right. you know, sex, whether it's gambling, you know, addiction can be harmful. That's the thing. When so, you get addicted to anything, there's even you know you get addicted to a certain type of food. You know the food itself isn't harmful, but the fact that that's the only thing you're eating, you're, you're limiting yourself. It's not healthy. You know, a healthy diet is to explore and have a wide range of stuff. Um, uh, you're, yeah. you're not finding you know if there's anything else out there you might like. So you know, addiction to anything is unhealthy. So, so I this, love this. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna jump in. On, well, hold on, hold on. Did, I, I do a quick side trip on oh. just just real quick side trip on spot the logical fallacy here. Okay. This in the midst of the article we've been reading. For some youths, calling telephone sex lines has become an uncontrollable addiction. One young man will call Jim. Demonstrate just how hooked some can become. Jim saw the number for a telephone sex line on a billboard advertisement. He memorized the number and later called out of curiosity. The calls to the line became more and more frequent. Before long, he had racked up a $600 phone bill. This in the article about uh, this in the article about phone sex and how un- how unholy it is. So where's logical the fallacy. Uh, well, what is it? Get the lemming fallacy? Just because your friends are doing uh, it? I'm, no, I'm, I'm actually I don't know if that's an actual fallacy. I kind non sequitur and red herring on non sequitur red herring. Okay. Here's this is it's, it's not it's, about moral right, but of course you yeah, know it's not about the morals; it's about the money. We we couldn't have this without invoking, um, you know, Satan. Telephone sex well, is one of the means that Satan, the devil, is using to corrupt youths once to once today. Young ones, young today. ones today. Oh, I'm sorry. And this this I do have a problem. I don't believe this statement. I don't think Satan is using phone sex to corrupt youths. First of all, I'm pretty sure he's 900 block for not paying his bill. But even if he wasn't, he'd be too busy having sex to use it to corrupt anybody else. So you think that Satan has an addiction? Should there be an intervention? <laughs> I think That's so. the thing. We need to intervene with Satan, get him over his addictions, and he'll be a good guy. There we go. We can fix Satan. Now, this is, this is Satan the devil. This is not any other devil. Oh. This is specifically Satan the devil. That's true. Or any other Satan. There well, are other Satans out there as well. Well, they're Satan pretty specific here. Just, Satan the devil. Right. That rascally devil. Apparently, apparently their audience does not necessarily know that Satan is the devil. There are other Satans, though. If, if you um, study the Church of Satan, they don't believe that the Satan they're following is the devil. He's actually a pagan god. So, you know, there are other Satans out there. So that, that, that classification does help. Stimulating sexual desire while you are still unmarried runs counter to the counsel of God's word. Unless you're past the bloom of youth, as the aforementioned First uh, Corinthians. But go on. Okay. It urges, deadens, therefore, your body members that are upon the earth as respect, respects, 
I, th- I think they're saying that you're supposed to basically dull your sexual senses. Yeah, that's what you I'm know, getting I, out of this too. You're supposed to dull your sexual senses and and have less of a sexual appetite. Yeah, that that, that doesn't. But sound at the like same time, be fruitful and multiply. No, that's the number one law in the Bible. That's the first law ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That, that, Corinthians three five. Oh no, no, that's Cor Colosanthi Santhans. Colossians is what Colossians. I read it as. Okay. Well, you're probably much more correct than me. Oh, uh, so then they go on to the dangers of courtship, and I mean they just go on and on. But I want to skip down to pummeling your body. How about you guys? <laughs> oh, yeah. well, Telephone you know, sex can be. I think we've been phone? talking about pummeling our bodies quite a while. <laughs> Telephone sex. Yeah, right. You. What? What? You're in the privacy of your own home. If that's what you want to do, go ahead. Okay, but I, I want to back it up with the Bible. Whatever okay, you pummel yourself to. with the Bible. Oh, wait, wait, hold on here. I got the Bible right here. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> All right, cross on the line. <laughs> cross on the line. <laughs> okay, so Brian, if you're currently engaged in telephone sex... Hold on, hold on, i got to sit back down. Would be a good start. <laughs> now, that's a kink. If you're currently engaging in telephone sex, telling your Christian parents would be a good start. <laughs> and in fact, tell them by calling them and trying to engage them in phone sex. And if and if you're lucky, if you're lucky, they'll spank you. <laughs> yep, pummel that boy. <laughs> they may also be in the best position to help monitor your behavior. Oh, you know it's you so know, they want to listen in on the phone sex. Yeah, it's just wrong when you bring your parents into it. <laughs> the elders, the elders of your local congregation of Jehovah's Witnesses, will also be willing to <laughs> willing and able to help out. Lend <laughs> <laughs> a hand where needed. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this is an easy one to take out of context. Oh man, this is. This is... <laughs> You know, I think though, if if you, I don't think telling your parents is a good idea because you know that that's just it's just kind of sick and wrong. I say to, tell the local milf. <laughs> that way, you know, that way you can be monitored properly. Brian, Brian, milfs are out. Cougars are in. Okay, tell the local cougars so that you can be monitored properly. All right, uh, are we off the rails? Okay. Here? Uh, oh, you're not done. Go. Okay, go. Perhaps it would be best for you simply to avoid watching late-night TV, since <laughs> masturbation will similarly arise rather than deaden immoral thoughts. It is vital that you avoid this unclean practice. You guys, hold on. I gotta, okay, so is it, I'm going to go turn on Leno. On is, it, is it Leno or, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, they're, talking about, they're talking about late-night advertisements. Then, Oh, I see. Oh, the the guy with the fake hair. Okay. No, I'm still not seeing that. Uh, okay, what about... Is it the Foreman Grill? And you know what? You can successfully expel unclean thoughts from your mind by dwelling on upright things. <laughs> I'm not saying a word. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, drawing upright right things actually uh, doesn't expel the unclean thoughts. <laughs> If you dwell on it for, say, 15 minutes, the unclean thoughts go away from it. Trust me. <laughs> uh, At least a couple of hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. See, it goes away for a little while, and then the guy with the fake hair comes back on again. 
Maybe we better I'm stick to the it's oxygen the network. Grill that are, that's causing all these fantasies. Oh, sizzling meat. Because that's a good grill. <laughs> that's a that's a good grill. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I, it, I just want to know: is it Leno or Ferguson that they're getting off to? I don't know. I, but you know, I'll tell you what. Give me details. It, it's because of watching so much late night TV that I needed this sham wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to ask you with phone sex because do we want to know? Uh, I'm into podcast sex myself. What are you guys wearing? <laughs> oh, no, we covered that already. Sorry. So, so does that mean we're having an orgy right now? It does. It does. <laughs> it does. Want me to smack you with the Bible? Wow. <laughs> <sighs> 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 are, are we done? You know, this is... Actually, let me just. We've been my final. dead for a while. <laughs> this is all. This whole thing is all bunk anyway, because this is about this. This whole article is about knowing the difference between good and evil. Am I right on the on the bottom of it? Is it all about knowing the difference between right and wrong? Okay. Is it? Sure. Sure. <laughs> we'll give you that. Okay. Well, the uh, the the stealing of the knowledge of what, between right and wrong was what got us got a the human race cast out of the Garden of Eden in the first place. Therefore, knowing the difference between right and wrong must be a sin in God's eyes anyway. Right? No. So really, right. the only people who are living morally are sociopaths. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Makes sense to me. All right. That's my logic. I'm sticking to it. All right. Well, I think once we're done here, I'm going to get an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jin's still up? <laughs> now I'm calling the local cougar. Oh, no, wait. She might be the local cougar. She, she probably qualifies, doesn't she? I'm, I need to go confess to my wife that I've been having phone sex. You have podcast sex. Oh, podcast sex. You're right. You're having a podcast orgy without her. And I was spanking myself with the and, Bible. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you looked at the links that I put up in Skype, but uh, not yet. I, yeah, I threw up some pictures of good, de- good decorative cock rings there. <laughs> That's fantastic. This napkin ring is uh, this napkin ring with the rooster on it is actually particularly lovely. All right, all right. let's go. Let's go look at some. Oh. <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh. Let's see. It says right there, rooster ring. That's a cock ring. All right. All right. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait. There's a there's a footnote here on the article. A similar vice, sometimes called cybersex, involves erotic discussions and similar internet chat rooms. It doesn't say whether this is necessarily as bad as phone sex or not. It just says it's a similar vice. I, I'm guessing there's probably another article. You know what? The scary part here, kids are going to have sex and kids are going to masturbate. If I have to make a choice, let them masturbate. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Mac. How they can get it? How can they get a hold of you? As before, I, well, actually, I'm on Twitter as Shadow Knight S H A D D O W underscore K N Y G H T. You can tweet me there. Right. You can follow me if you've got something to say. <laughs> and but, also, I think you're Sean um, at as far as skeptics. email goes. I'm Sean at amateurskeptics.com and I look forward to your pictures of cock rings. <laughs> Ian, how can they get all of you? How can they send them? Um, how can they send you pictures of cock rings to you? 
Well, um, the best way to do that would be to get on Facebook, find our Facebook page, Amateur Skeptics. Um, we're definitely encouraging people to try and join in some discussions there. And, you know, all the members of the podcast are can be contacted through that. Yep. Um, I'm, like I said, we're, we're encouraging discussions there. Show up, leave something on the wall, see if you can tell us what you think. Um, I'm also Ian at AmateurSkeptics.com if you want to send me an email. All right. And I can also be found at the Facebook page. I can also be emailed at Brian at AmateurSkeptics.com. And I can be found on Twitter at MercurialGeek. Thanks for listening. That's another one in the can. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big planning insights, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. Music for this podcast was provided by OMG. For more information about OMG, go to their website at Mindspace.com forward slash OMGHQ. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is released under a Creative Commons share alike, no derivatives, 3.0 license. We'd love to have you share our work with other people. Please do not edit or change the plot.